So, Elliot, it's Christmas time. You know what that means. Yeah. Tucker Carlson just found out about a gender-fluid Santa, and he's not quite sure how he feels about that. I'm still surprised he believes in Santa. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Chief Conrad and Elliot Servato. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Well, maybe it's one of those other shows, like Outer Limits. Confuse the Twilight Zone with the Outer Limits? Do you even know me? Geek Counter Geek 129. I'm Keith Conrad, that's uh, Elliot Serrano, and uh, this is the Christmas special, and you know, like, Roseanne had the, uh, had the Halloween episodes, we're famous for the Christmas episodes. Mainly because they're built on questionable beliefs? Mostly, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like Roseanne. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I will say, Merry, by the way, Merry Christmas, Keith. I'd... Merry Christmas. I'm glad, you know, because of President Trump, we're allowed to say Merry Christmas. We can say again. it again. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm but, by the way, did you see the uh, video that somebody uh, somebody created where it actually it, it mixes up Trump saying, hey, we're finally allowed to say Merry Christmas again in all these campaign speeches with Barack Obama saying Merry Christmas. Merry- <laughs> that, that made me laugh. Well, you know, I, I guess, you know, you got to you got to find your impetus to get out of bed somehow and if being told that you can't say Merry Christmas when everybody is saying Merry Christmas is what need, what you need, then okay. Yeah, Rob Hart who does uh, Radio Chicago he had, he had posted on Twitter that uh, you know, like the formula is literally find one person who says they don't like Christmas and, and just everybody globs onto it and says, oh my god, the liberals, they're, they're attacking Christmas. Oh, but what about Ebenezer Scrooge, who is by far the poster boy for the right? I mean, we're talking about you lop off that those last 10 pages of A Christmas Carol, and everyone thinks he's the guy. You know, somebody, uh, uh, some, some Twitter account that I follow, I forget what it was. It's, 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 not, a, it's not a person. It's a, you know, like, it might have been like, oh, my God, facts or something. Tweeted that uh, it's a wonderful life. There's an FBI file on it as po- communist propaganda, you know, from the uh-huh. 40s. Yep. And, I, and I actually retweeted that. And I said, you know, that that's kind of dumb because uh, Potter, he would have been evil even if he were poor. He would have found a way to be evil. Yeah. This, because, case, <laughs> that's not a capitalism thing. No. And well, the thing is, he's rich and he gets away with it in the end, too. Um... He, yeah, he does. Yeah, he yeah, does yeah. So that's by far. I mean, in the end, capitalism wins. So I guess I don't know it, nobody knows it but him. He does get away with it, but nobody knows but he, him in the audience. Yeah, no one else knows. So, hey, so I, I mean, I don't see anybody jumping on Scrooge. No one's selling him. He's a, he's a bad guy. I don't hear anybody ever complaining about Mr. Potter. And the Grinch. The Grinch is back and people love him. <laughs> you know, can, can we stop doing remakes of the Grinch? I, I hate to be that guy, but... You know, the the first one is pretty good. You know, the the original cartoon. Um, what? Why do we need all this other stuff? Well, I mean, consider this. First, when's the last time you saw the original Grinch? I was probably in high school because uh, f- funny story. The uh, uh, I was in U.S. history, and um, uh, the, the teacher brought in you know the TV like the last day 
of class before Christmas and she goes you know uh, before we uh, leave for the holiday I wanted to show you this historical video about history's greatest villain and put, <laughs> put, put, put on Clever. Uh, Clever. The, the cringe and uh, and all the cynical high school kids actually laughed yeah that's a good one yeah but you know I mean we remake stuff all the time no one's making you not watch it or making yeah. you watch it you can watch it although i didn't hear anybody complaining when they remade the original grinch with a narration by walter <laughs> Matthau as opposed to boris karloff who did the original i think i've only seen the boris karloff version well there's a walter Matthau version i've never heard complaints about it i didn't even know it existed there you go tucker carlson needs to do a segment on that and all i'm saying is well if you don't know it exists it exists it shouldn't bother you um, that's a that's usually a pretty good strategy. You know, just say I don't like it. No one's making you watch it. You know, no no one no one makes you watch any of these things that you don't like. And let's face it, you probably weren't gonna watch it anyway, so they weren't making it for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I uh, I'm uh, I don't have kids, so the Grinch, uh, you know, this new Grinch that came out, it's not exactly in my wheelhouse. But it's better um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, I I do like him when he's I, I do like him when he's not playing genetically altered Sikh warriors. <laughs> How about when he's playing Sherlock Holmes? It, he's very good at Sherlock Doctor Holmes. Strange. Yes, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but it's you know, like, but today's kids. Okay, first the original Grinch is, mind you, if you read the Grinch who stole Christmas, it's a very short book. I want to say it's like a twenty-four, twenty-five page story. Yeah, right. And yet, Ron Howard got like a three-hour movie out of it. <laughs> Well, he had uh, Jim Carrey, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, aping it, you know, chewing the scenery. And then, um, you know, the cartoon itself is maybe 22 minutes. It's less than a half hour because you got to count commercials. Yeah, because usually they, well, there was at least a time where they would run that with the Charlie Brown uh, right. Christmas. Because it wasn't that long. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, they said, okay, let's flesh this out a bit. Mind you incredible animation by um i want to say it was chuck jones of of warner brothers and uh bugs bunny and looney tunes and all those great uh roadrunner and the coyote uh cartoons chuck jones was the lead animator on the grinch who stole christmas so you know a classic classic and if you are a fan of animation and you're a fan of classic 2d animation you definitely want to see it uh, but yeah, but you know, they decided to make a live action. Now they have a new CGI one because the kids these days need their CGI. Yeah, they love the CGI. They need their three-dimensional virtual realities. They need they need to be able to reach out and touch the Grinch because because it's better than real reality. Well, you know, that's not you know real reality. Let's 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 say these days even real reality is subjective. Yeah. It kind of is, you know. There's alternate facts and all that stuff. Everything, you know. So, <laughs> where the way we define things these days is just getting crazier and crazier. Uh, so apparently, the uh, the the geek counter geek Christmas special, at least in, in 2018, is beat up on Tucker Carlson week. <laughs> uh, you know, Tucker has not been the same since he got rid of his bow tie. He really hasn't. You know, I now mean, he, now he, now, so his thing used to be, I'm the guy with the bow tie. Mm -hmm. Now his thing is, I'm the guy who constantly looks confused just all the time. And he's taking over for Glenn Beck. You know, Glenn Beck kind of like, 
Somewhere along the way, you know what? I no, he actually took over for O'Reilly after O'Reilly had like you know sexual harassment uh, lawsuit number seventeen, and that was too much. Well, that's true, but I'm I'm saying, see, Glenn Beck, I think was visited by the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. Because when you listen to Glenn Beck talk these days, he's kind of sensible, and he's even like kind of backtracked on a lot of the crazy stuff he used to say back in his day. Well, I've I've actually met Glenn Beck a couple times uh, over the course of my career, and most people are surprised when I say this. Literally, in person, nicest guy you'll ever meet. I'm sure he's nice, yeah. and, I, and I'm sure a big part of the things that he would say were just a big part of the act. The, you know that, and 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 Glenn is this sort of guy. And if you if you watch him, you, you'll I, I think most people pick up on this that he would even tell you like he had. Like, he may have even dropped out of high school, like zero education. So when he learns about all these, he'll read like all of this historical stuff and he's literally hearing it for the first time. So he just keeps zigging and zagging because he keeps learning like all this stuff for the very first time. And as soon as he learns about it, he's got to talk about it on the air. And, you know, like that's literally, that that's his shtick. That's it. When, and when you know that, it's like, oh, what he's doing kind of makes sense. I would love to drop an acorn on his head and have him talk about gravity. He, he, he would. He'd be like, wow, this is, this is really something. But So Glenn Beck is like kind of sensible now. Tucker Carlson now has taken over as the angry man, the, ang- yes. the angry guy. Yeah. And, um, and they, I mean, I feel, I, quite frankly, I feel kind of bad for him from time to time. Because no matter where you pause the video on one of his segments... There's no way you can get a still of him not looking constipated. Constipated or very confused. Yeah, it's just yeah. everything. It's like, dude, what's we, we need? <laughs> you need the three ghosts that visited Glenn to come visit you and maybe or bring back the bow tie. Dude, Tucker, bring back the bow tie. I liked you when you had the bow tie. I liked you when you were on Dancing with the Stars. You were personable. You know, Yeah. he was OK then. And although, but he had who did he who did he who did he play off on uh, no, um, um, who was his foil again? Uh, was that Paul Begala on it, Crossfire? Was it Paul I th- Begala? I think it was. Right. And then, of course, who was it that played opposite Hannity all the time? And that was Alan Combs. Alan Combs, right? Poor Alan Combs. What's uh, has anyone like helped him lately? Oh, he he actually passed away a couple of years ago. Oh no, yeah. that yeah, that, that Hannity. I'm sure shortened his life a bit. Uh, you know, I've only met uh, Hannity once, and he shortened my life a little bit. Well, I mean, it's been proven. It is I, a scientific fact that sitting next to Sean Hannity is equal to, like, sitting in the core of Chernobyl. Yeah, it, it's like dog minutes. years. Yeah. yeah. No, it'll, it'll just, it'll, it's going to eat away at your physical and spiritual being, and your soul dies a little. Every time, every time you're in a room with him. Uh, I... I don't think uh, anybody uh, listening to Geek Counter Geek actually cares about this behind-the-scenes radio story. But <laughs> remind me uh, when we're done recording, I'll tell you my Sean Hannity story because Sean it's Hannity. very entertaining. Uh, well, did he did he steal Christmas and then not give it back? <laughs> uh, let, let me tell you, that dude knows how to hold a grudge. I'm sure. I, I'll just I'll just say that. But you know, the the reason we're uh, we're beating up on uh, Tucker Carlson somewhat. I mean, first of all, you're left of Castro, and I'm bitter and cynical. So. Neither of us like him much, um, but but uh, um, you know, a, c- a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, 
CBS, as is their want, they they ran uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, as they do, you know, every year. And I'm gonna uh, okay, go on. I'm sorry, go on. And um, uh, as is usually the case, there's a lot of people who were uh, live tweeting watching it. And uh, as as you may know, people like to get a little sarcastic on Twitter. And while I will say that there were probably plenty of people who who were actually somewhat bothered by Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I think most of the people tweeting about it were probably joking. Mm-hmm. But uh, some people made the case, and I don't think it's a very difficult case to make, that uh, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is pretty horrible uh, as far as uh, a story, especially for young, impressionable minds. Okay, let's, let's first understand something here, as far as Rudolph goes. Rudolph is not a biblical story, all right? The story of Rudolph is nowhere in the Bible. Rudolph isn't even in any of the original uh, mythos of Santa Claus. Rudolph was created by who? Uh, A a songwriter, I believe. A songwriter for the Macy's Parade. Okay. So, Rudolph is a construct of media, of modern media. They wanted to add a new... Advertising, really. Advertising, right. More than than media in general. Right. So, at that time when they created Rudolph, you had to come up with sort of a... A story, you know, they, they, children's stories, let's face it, children's stories uh, in that time are pretty, read any children's story, read um, Hansel and Gretel. Hansel and Gretel is one of the most brutal, most dark, most gruesome children's stories you're ever going to read. What happens in Hansel and Gretel? Two children get lost in the woods, go into a gingerbread house, right? Then they are essentially taken hostage by an old woman, a witch, who wants to cook them to eat them. Mind you, the woman lives in a gingerbread house, so I don't know if she's really, she lacks the culinary skill to be able to like bake something for dinner. And then Hansel and Gretel have to figure out a way to escape. What do they do? Because she's blind, they they pretend that they're emaciated. And then uh, they, they hold out a little stick so when she feels them to see if they've gained any weight from eating all the candy, they don't you know they don't know. And then they murder the woman. They pretty much escape from their little cage and push her into the pot of hot boiling oil that the woman was going to cook them in. And that's how the story ends. And that was a children's story. So. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, not that bad. <laughs> no, I, I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, they, you know, uh, like, like I said, I, I believe that the, the overwhelming majority of people who were, uh, you know, saying, oh, you know, well, actually, here's a, here's a really stupid thing about this, uh, about this uh, controversy. So the Huffington Post uh, posts a collection of tweets talking about you know bullying and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and basically says you mean, is you, mean Rudolph- the, you mean the Huffington the Huffington we don't pay you for your posts exactly yeah the right. the, the Huffington uh, we pay you in exposure posts yeah uh, you know they they post this collection of tweets of of people talking about uh, how um, you know it's a, it's a bad example and you know Rudolph is bullied and and I, I believe that the headline they came up with was you know is Rudolph problematic or something. I, I, so, the, so yeah. then, and, and and again, you could make that argument yeah. uh, if you look at it logically. But who's looking at a rank and bass thing logically? <laughs> uh, 
so so then Tucker Carlson takes that and that becomes, you know, sort of this this I, I believe it was even under like their comedy banner. That becomes the left is trying to ban Rudolph. And he does like a, it may have been I, I think it was actually like multiple days doing segments on this. So Tucker Carlson is, is siding with media. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. He's pretty much siding yeah, with yes, media. Yes, he is. Young Elliot Serrano, when he first saw Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on television, I remember it was always on CBS. CBS always showed all the specials. Then later on, they would move to ABC, I believe. Or was it NBC? Whatever. I remember watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, being fascinated by the animation style, which was the stop motion, you know, little figures, stop motion figures. And after watching like the first 15, 20 minutes thinking singularly, man, Santa Claus is a dick. Because, <laughs> because, and to me it was, it's the same Santa from Santa Claus is coming to town. Well, actually, technically it's not because it's not Mickey Rooney. No, Mickey but I'm, I, true. But, but, but I'm saying, but yeah, same Santa studio, Santa, yeah. same model. I remember they used the same uh, Santa model. The, the, the Santa Claus hadn't come out yet, yeah. so we didn't know no. that, that there were multiple, multiple Santas. Santas. Yeah. yeah. But to me, it was the same Santa from Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And I thought that the Santa in Santa Claus is Coming to Town was actually kind of a nice guy. I liked young Santa. Now, if you've never seen Santa Claus is Coming to Town, that is essentially Santa year one. You know, or, yeah, it's or the back, Santa begins. It's the backstory for, right, for backstory Santa. Santa. the origin story. Sorry, so yeah. going. Oh, he's actually a nice guy. I kind of like him. And then he becomes. I think by the time um, you know the, the events of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer come along, you know, Santa's like beat down. You know, it's like man, every year I got to make toys for these kids. He's been doing the same job without a promotion for like five hundred years. Five hundred freaking years, and on top of that, he's got elves giving him a hard time. They want to unionize. Chances are, you know, kids now are writing him because they don't want they don't want cobbled toys. They don't want a a toy um, wooden uh, rocking horse, right? These kids want, mind you, this is what's the 1960s. Right? So they want they want a transistor radio, you know. They want the fancy stuff. They want a black and white TV. Yeah, dear Santa, S- stuff that if he if he gets the the elves to make it, he's going to have to launch like a, an ambitious a training program for the elves. Yeah, I mean, talk about retraining altogether. And half these elves are like, they're like, we don't want to change. You know, we like our old cobbling jobs. Like, I, I don't know how to use a soldering iron. How am I going to do? How am I going to do, do, do this? I got like a whole elf family here. You know, I got a pension plan. What's wrong? You know, you haven't Santa hadn't been paying into the pension plan for how many decades? Yeah, he's worse than Illinois. Worse. So, <laughs> so I'm thinking by the time you get to Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, it's like he goes, okay, I got this new reindeer. He's in here. He's he wants to start, you know, retiring some of the old ones, but the old ones don't want to give up their jobs because they got their nice union. You know, yeah. pensions and all that stuff. They're like, they're like Ben Zobris. They just want to keep playing. Yeah, we just want to keep going for as long as we can. And then they start hazing the new kid. And and then Santa's like, what? I don't need any of this. I don't need any of this turning up in the media. Thank God. Thank God. They didn't have stuff like, you know, again, the internet back in Rudolph times. Yeah, because can you imagine like, uh, you know... Uh, I, now, now I'm drawing a blank on her name, but Rudolph's a girlfriend, uh, you know, with her hooves tweeting out, 
hey, can you believe what what the Santa guy is doing? Santa guy is doing, and you know, the, the, she'd be like going on uh, Snapchat and showing, you know, poor images of you know poor Rudolph getting beaten up by Dasher and Dancer and Prancer, and then one of the elves walks in and goes, "World Star," and you know, it's just <laughs> it's terrible. You know, it's just terrible. And then, and then, and then you know. She she tweets out this this elf said okay boss to me and I I don't know what, what should I do about it like, that's a it's a totally different thing sorry inside reference <laughs> way inside that was a fastball right under my chin <laughs> but so anyway so all this stuff and then, and then Santa's like I don't want to deal with it and then that's when he meets little Rudolph and pretty much is the establishment at that point and they say uh, was it what is the old term. Uh, deviance from the norm shall be shunned until it can be exploited. And so that's what he did. He shunned it. And then the moment he realizes he needed Hybrites for that shot, you know, right. for that last trip, and Rudolph, which I'm telling you, Rudolph, shiny nose, why no one took that little guy to a vet. Like, you just check it out. It seems like that would have been problematic. Like a yeah. healthcare thing. I'd be like, dude, you know, that's not like shiny as in you got a cold or you got a red nose it's like you've you're glowing there i get maybe rudolph was in a room with sean hannity could be that could be a a side effect and and i guess you know the 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 flip side of that is the optimistic view is that no matter how different you may think you are from uh from uh you know everybody else and uh you know no matter what you may have to deal with at some point, everybody has their own little talent, and at some point, that'll bubble up to the surface, and and uh, everybody will like you. I guess you know that's one way to look at it. Yeah, or you will again be shunned unless you're really rich, like Elon Musk, and then you can take all that talent and like make a subway. Um, I, I think he owns a couple subway franchises, but but yeah. He- <laughs> He's he's working on the subway. On the subway. Don't yeah. we already have subways? Uh, no, these are better subways. How are they better? Um, well, they uh, um, the the idea is that they're uh, they're they're more direct to where sp- specific places people are going, and they uh, um, you know he's not necessarily changing the idea of you know subways. He's he's, he's Making them a little bit more tailored to specific things, mm. and and part of that is uh, is getting uh, people behind the idea of making tunnels that instead of are like double the size of what you need for safety, that you just make one for exactly what you need. So, it's I I have such a fear of being buried alive. I know I'd be almost guaranteed to be buried alive in one of his tunnels. Um, well, I, I, I say this about, uh, you know, things like roller coasters <laughs> and, and stuff like, you know, the, the uh, what is it, the ledges at Willis Tower. Yeah. You know, whenever somebody is afraid of like a roller coaster or something like that, I say, uh, look at it this way. One of two possible outcomes here. Either everything's going to be fine and you're going to have a very enjoyable experience or something goes horribly wrong. And uh, you have a very notable death that leads at least one new cycle. Hmm. I mean, it seems like a win-win. Or, or option three, 
Elon Musk makes fun of you on Twitter. But, and that'll probably happen if something goes wrong. Which he'll, he'll just which say, he hey, has done. Yeah, he has done, yeah, he, yeah. He, he has done that occasionally. So, but uh, so Elon's uh, like also a bad Santa. I, a, a little bit, uh, you know. He would, uh, I think, he would make the argument he was under a lot of stress at the time. A lot of stress. Uh, not sure that that's more of an explanation than an excuse. <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's okay. So. Uh, so, so you're thinking that uh, if, if that that Santa in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is actually kind of like Elon Musk, like he was under a lot of stress trying to get ready for the for Christmas, and uh, you know it just sort of just sort of came out that oh, oh you know he's shunning Rudolph until he's useful. Just being a dick, you know. I mean, he yeah. he yelled at poor little Rudolph just for being different just for being different and and i will say and, and again i remember watching that as a kid and i can see again as back to our original point why some folks would say it's problematic um the story of rudolph even when you listen to the song itself you listen to the song itself it's the whole the the reindeer are incredibly shallow they are yeah. they're incredibly shallow and they're like you know they're like jocks you know, they wouldn't let Rudolph play any reindeer games. You can't be on our squad, bro. You know? <laughs> it's like, they're jerks. I remember every time I would hear the song, I'd be, I even got annoyed by the song. Again, I enjoy, I enjoy the show. Actually, the sequel to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is actually better. It's one of those rare sequels that's better than the first Remember when Rudolph and the Island of Misfit Toys? Yes, yeah. That one, that one I say is superior to the original Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, but then Rankin Bass took it a little bit too far where they started doing prequels and they were talking about, you know, Santa's sleigh is grounded because of taxation of trade routes and just got a little too uh, in the weeds. Well, but then, then uh, well, no, Santa wanted to blame uh, regulation. There's too much, you know, too much regulation on sleighs and, 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 and you know, if he could just do his thing while ignoring yet again the death of six previous previous reindeer that he never talks about yeah santa's a little like the uh the soviet space program mm -hmm. where we know reindeer died to get to, you get know before there. we got to the the yep. core eight reindeer yep. we know there were you know experiments and, and reindeer died they just don't talk about it yeah, yeah there are eight there are eight little gravestones markers at the north pole for those reindeer and their families too, because you know Santa had to silence the families. Yeah. Well, they don't have graves though. Yeah. They were just. Some of them were just disappeared. Uh, so I think for uh, for next Christmas, <laughs> uh, we need to do a uh, um, uh, a breakdown of uh, Heat Miser and Snow Miser from the Year Without a Santa Claus, and see you know. W w why are they constantly fighting? What what happened? What went wrong in their lives? Well, it's just if you ask me, and again, now Heat Miser and Snow Miser are two characters that are when you really look at the situations that they were put in, they're essentially just doing their jobs, and they you know, and they weren't given a whole lot of guidance, and they were told this is what you need to do, and when you're really good at your job and you're put up against someone who's really good at get in their job, that's what we call healthy competition all right and wait so so what you're yeah. saying is the year without a santa claus is really uh, an adaptation of the fountainhead air conditioning units 
all-time high. Heating units, all-time high. No one complained then, right? They were doing their jobs. Okay, sure, a bunch of people in the middle couldn't pay their bills, all right? Yes, there were some regrettable deaths, but... Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Abatron.